it's not that you're avoiding the bad golf. You just took a moment to notice something else. And welcome back for a first live par train with all three of us. Okay, we are live at the PGA show. We just finished our first round of golf together. But in case you're new, thanks for hopping aboard, guys. Let's see if I can remember the intro. I don't have my computer. (laughs) Our mission on the par train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again. Because we believe that if you can smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We feature interviews from... PJ Tour Pros, the best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, and more. Make the hardest game in the world feel easy. Yep. Get out of your own way. Play great golf. And help you enjoy <laughs> the ride. Uh, before we get to this episode, I think if we first need to have a quick word from our friends at 18 Birdies. Oh, 18 yeah. Birdies played a big role today in huge, our first round. Huge, huge role. So take them through the scenario <laughs> of what 18 Birdies did. I mean, Hank, you want to kick it off? You 18 will Birdies, 18 Birdies is the number today. one GPS and swing analyzer app in the world. And this was the first time the three of us used it together. And they do a lot more than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think if we didn't have 18 birdies today, we would have all shot a lot worse. Uh, they're, well, it's hard to have done that, but keep going. That's true. That's true. We did not play uh, our best. Some. We did not play our best, but we can get into that in a minute. But, I mean, I think if we didn't have 18 birdies, it could have been a lot worse. They were great with uh, giving us plays-like distances for you know judging with the wind because we were dealing with a lot of wind out there today. And, uh, you know, we were short on a couple shots even when we thought we were accounting for the win. So, shout out to 18 birdies. They really made it a lot easier for us. Yeah. It's a, gr- it's a great app. I mean, the way it maps out the hole, we really relied on it because we've never played yeah. the Ritz at Grand Lakes today. So, mm-hmm. it really maps out the hole well, distances. And the win factor, was so they were so spot on. I think there was a couple we were doubting it, and we got proved wrong. That, yeah. 100%. So, that was the crazy I thing. Was, I'm like, I think I can tell better than a mobile app of what the wind is doing in my yardage. Yeah. Both of us <clears throat> came up 20 yards short. Yeah. I was actually you know, really – this is where 18 Birdie separates itself. I don't like being on my phone a ton mm-hmm. the round. If I got a screen on the cart like we did today, I can see the hole. But when it was doing the wind factor, yeah. now it's telling me this is why I need it. Yeah. 18 birdies, baby. <laughs> there, there, were some, there were some shots where we had to add 20 yards to it. We had to club up tw- well, twice. Well, for sure. The wind so it said, I think it was playing like 174. The pin was like 150, yeah. probably 150. Yeah. And I, at the time, didn't feel a very strong breeze. And both Cermak and I came up short. Now, the thing that we should be clear of is that's the plays like yardage. Yep. So the standard... 18 birdies app free version will give you the hole you can tap on the screen and get yeah. yardages to wherever you're trying to go on the hole which is actually helpful because today i was For focused sure. on hitting the fast part of the fairway fast part of the green i wasn't as focused yeah. on the pin yardage oh. as an experiment but so that was that was actually more valuable than my range finder today but the thing that was important to know is you only get the plays like yardage as a premium user so if you use our link in our show notes you tap through you download 18 birdies um, you'll get the, you'll see the 145, but then it'll say plays like 174, right? right? And uh, that's based on wind, elevation, temperature. Yeah. It's like a caddy in your pocket. Um, yeah, no, no glitches either. Yeah. Really consistent, really solid. I was really impressed today with it. There's a reason that the number Especially one. Especially with the, yeah. App, right? There's a reason why it's the highest rated app in the app. Exactly. Yeah. But and the conditions you, of the golf course, the unpredictability, it was a huge help. And if you have an Apple Watch like I do, it connects to your watch too, so you can just oh. look at it on your watch. It's perfect. Did you get that with your intern funds? Uh, maybe. I mean, wow. there's a lot of, we'll talk about that <laughs> a little bit. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> so here's what you got to do. Tap the link in our show notes, or it's linked in our bio at the Par Train, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. Download the app. Friend me. At Evan Singer, I'll add you to our par train group, which yeah. we can. You guys could have seen all of the doubles today. If you were in our par train group, you can track our rounds. We can track each other, do giveaways, competitions, which is coming soon. Um, but thanks, eighteen birdies. We love. Um, yeah. All right. So, little context for this episode. Yeah. Mental game roundtables. We haven't done them in a while. They're one of our most popular formats. It's when we, as average players, everyday players, uh, goes through tendencies, challenges, rounds, yep. and this is the first time we're doing it after, like immediately after our round. Um, we're, we're on no sleep. We're in the lobby <laughs> of our hotel at the PGA show. Coming live from the show. Live from the show. And we've got intern Hank here. 
Making my second appearance? Second appearance yeah. on the show? The show. And We've his got... first was a mental game roundtable, wasn't it? My first was a mental game yes. roundtable, yep. And we've got, I think, a ton to unpack. We've got stuff we want to talk about from the round. We've got stuff we want to talk about from <coughs> last night at Top Golf. We have stuff we probably want to talk about at the range this morning. A lot has transpired. Oh, yeah. Do we want to start at Top Golf and go in sequential order? I what happened we, last night? We can night? give a, so. a quick high level at Top Golf. So after the show, we wanted to debrief and hit a few balls, have some nachos, drink some beer, and just actually make some swings because. I haven't swung since October. Being a Chicago guy, weather's terrible. Hank's played a little bit, but really pretty rusty. Really rusty. Hasn't played much. Hank's a New York guy, so we're in the cold weather climate. And for Mr. Warm Weather, he's been fighting an injury, so he hasn't even what, hit yeah. a ball in a month, which is, I didn't even know you could go that long. Yeah, but, I didn't either. So it was fun <laughs> to be a top golf to kind of like make some swings, yeah. get a feel, because we're playing the Ritz. You know? Yeah. Where the PNC Championship and was. We knew it was Carly be, Woods. Heard we, knew, of it. we knew it was going to be cloudy. It was going to be windy. It's going to be a tough day. So we had a lot of fun yeah. at Top Golf. And there was a lot of good swings. Well, there, A lot of excitement coming a, out of Top Golf. And there was a breakthrough. Oh, yeah. Hank, you want to talk about your breakthrough? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, Top Golf, uh, for the most part, was not going well for uh, yours truly. It, uh, <laughs> Hank, Hank was getting a little frustrated. I was, was definitely, I was definitely getting... There were a few shanks. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest with the listeners. I think it's only fair. There were some shanks. We're not happy about it. We're not proud of it. But, hey, at least there was a net. Yes. Thank God there was a net. It could hurt. I mean, the guy next to us almost took took your face off. That's true. Could have been worse. I didn't know that. Literally. Talk about being in the zone. The guy to my left shanking one didn't even notice. Hank was actually shanking it towards the side. At least forwards. You were a 45-degree shank. The guy, I guess, to my left was a... Is that a 90-degree shank? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty okay. darn Not close. A he also guy, knew but... Matt Kuchar, but couldn't get a hold of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Says he didn't have social media. But he went to high school together. So, <laughs> so the reason we're bringing up Top Golf, we're not just talking about our night. Like, it elevated, I think, everyone's – it got us excited for yep. today. Yep. But it elevated our expectations a bit. Where, Hank, you got a – Kind of a swing key, an executional key we talk a lot about on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got an executional key about your takeaway. Yep. And also just about swinging free. Your former hockey player, we were telling you to hit slap shots out there. Yeah. So getting your takeaway a little bit more on plane. Tell the, what was the thought? So, so, so the biggest thing for me was, you know, I, I used to have a swing where my, my backswing, I would immediately just like roll the wrist on the backswing, you know. It'd be so flat at the top that it's just, you know, it's way too open. Um, and so for the longest time, I really tried to, you know, kind of like overcompensate for that. And it got to a point where, you know, I was taking the club away and my club face was closed as all hell. Yeah. And so I guess it started getting, you know, just a little too much where I was feeling restricted in the backswing, wasn't feeling comfortable. And then our good friend Serm over here just goes, you know, Think like you're just passing the basketball behind you. Mm. And in doing that, I started getting a little bit more height, probably a little more spin. I don't know. We didn't have numbers on that, but and a little bit more distance on it, too. And uh, and it just felt like a more comfortable swing. I, well, I, your I, takeaway started to get out in front of you. The club face was square. Yep. And then it gave you a chance to just turn, make a complete backswing and go. 100%. And then, and then it felt a lot more free, and you know, I felt like I could pull a bit harder on the downswing. Yeah. So it felt a lot better. So one takeaway with that is sometimes getting a credible eye on something that you struggle with, go and spin your wheels on. Yep. Like I have that every time I see Serm, you know, it's just like maybe I'm getting a little too long, maybe a little too handsy. We can talk about it with the short game stuff before a round. But essentially what we did is we simplified things for Hank. Hank felt good yeah. about his executional key. And we talked about last night. That's all you got to do is take that to the course. Every swing, try and accomplish your executional key. And, and you and I, I mean, we were pretty good at top golf. Yeah. You know, all things considered. And I didn't you know if at, my arm was going to hurt. You, like, were at, you were asking about your takeaway. Your takeaway looked good. So, I mean, so it was really a good, fun night, you know. Yeah. So we take it into this morning. Cermak told me, <laughs> you don't have to swing so hard. Maybe take a little bit off. And I was hitting these just butter baby draws like it was nothing. And so then we take it to this morning, have a little short game session. I mean, come on, we got there early at the Ritz yeah. to do some short game work. Yeah. There's something to be said about it, too. I mean, right? Yeah. Spending 25 or 30 minutes hitting chips 
hitting pitches, highs, lows, bunkers, flops. Yeah. We went around. Yeah. And Ev, I mean, this was a, this is a crucial part for you, I think. You know, because you felt like you were you learned a lot about your short game, but you're kind of where do I go next? How do I hone yeah. in a little bit? Yeah. So why don't you talk about it? Well, I think a lot of people go through these phases where you've got a lot of feels. And each day, you're kind of like, which feel am I going to go with today? But you don't have absolute clarity on which feels the best feel for you. What can I count on? And just simplify it. Yeah. Right? So like we did with you at Topgolf, we did that with me with the short game, right? I, I have a tendency where I feel like I'm not going back that far, and I go back really long, right? Yeah. That's a Bud Light for those on audio. Nice and crisp. Uh, and, you know, then I decelerate. And therefore, I have inconsistent contact. And Cermak saw it, and he goes, you're really long. Let's just shorten things up, make it a little bit more compact and consistent. Yeah. And that gave me confidence going into the day that I, I know what I'm going to do. Well, really you know, long different shots. taking the club back too far on a too chip far. or a pitch, and then kind of decelerating or trying to cut it or manipulate it with your hands. Yeah. A little shorter, a little more of the same motion. So you, let's reflect you, on this. You were money. Yeah. I so mean, now I've got my plan. Right. I kind of have an idea of certain shots, what I'm going to play. I feel good about it. Granted, you know, it's just 30 minutes before the round, but I feel good, kind of like you did with your takeaway thought, mm-hmm. right? And then we go to the range, and I'm doing the same thing I, we were doing at Top Golf, and I'm hitting everything pure. Right. Right? couple lefts yeah. with the driver, but... Overall, I'm feeling really good going into the round. And I think you were probably feeling pretty good. You were hitting it good. Yeah, I mean, I haven't swung, swung since October, but I feel like I hit it pretty well at the range. You know, it's the range. It's off mats. Right. We're on, well, we're on the well, third. You're on grass. We're on no, the, we're on grass. Oh, grass. I was talking about top golf, third yeah. level. And then the grass is more. Yeah, the range this morning, I actually hit it better than I thought I would. Yeah, same. Yeah, I was making better contact early for not hitting it in a while. So, kind of like, Okay. This could be good. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> but let's and let's think about the scene. We're both very excited. First time we're all playing together. Yeah. We're gonna shoot some content on the course. Yeah. We're gonna we knew we were gonna talk about it after. So all of that carries expectations. And you wanna talk about expectations. How about what happened after the first hole? I mean who I mean, who wants to start? I I think one of the two birdie guys should start. I mean, a couple quick birdies out of the gate. So I felt like the golf gods yeah. basically winked at me after the first hole because I told Serm, I'm going to focus on hitting the fattest part of the fairway, middle of the green, and let's see what happens. The whole like, day, I mean, that was your theme for yeah, the day, right? Like, let's, let's try and make it easier. And first hole, I hit a perfect three-wood. Super loose, no tension, which is pretty rare on the first tee shot. But I was feeling good coming out of the range session. Knew that swing and light was a key for me. So I focused on that. Light at the top, right? Hit a, yeah. Light through the transition. And I hit a perfect bullet baby draw three wood. Um, might have been 25, 30 <coughs> yards ahead of yours. I don't know for yeah, sure, I but think, maybe. I think it was about 18. Yeah, yeah, maybe 20. I don't know. But uh, 17, I think it was. Yeah. So Cermak stuffs his, hits a great three wood as well, stuffs his to probably what, six feet? Yeah, five, six feet. And you were about I, 32. I got like a yeah. pitching wedge or a 9-iron. I hit it a little left. I tug it a little bit. But what, but did, you, what did you vocalize a little bit after the shot of your, your thought process? Well, I'm like, I was just aiming for the middle. Oh, so the, the yardage is 145. This is important. And I was like, well, the, that's towards the back. Middle of the green is about 135. So instead of like laying off a 9 or muscling a pitching wedge, I just said, I'm just going to hit my normal, light, smooth pitching wedge, put it in the middle of the green, give myself a putt at it. I pull it, still on the left side of the green, and I drain a 25-footer. 32. 30? Yeah. 30-footer yeah. Oh, for, sure. for birdie on the first hole. On very fast greens. And Hank made a birdie today. Yeah. But not so trying point. to make a birdie. But Hank on the first hole made an incredible up and down. Yeah. For par. Yeah. And so the, he sm- the, smoked the drive. Oh, <laughs> smokes the three. Yeah, all three of us hit great drives, yeah. which is rare on the first tee. Yeah. And you hit a good miss second shot, a little left. Yep. And your pitch and chipping was great, but you, you that was about a 50-foot chip. I think we, I think it was, you know, it was a little left of the green. Uh, it was ahead of this, you know, front left bunker. And it was funny. We were working on uh, playing different shots uh, around the green before the round, you know, 
Are we going to play the 58? Are we going to play the 54? Are we going to bump and run this? And, the and, nine it's, iron. and it's funny, I'd never use a <laughs> nine iron for a bump and run, but worked on that a little bit before the round uh, to kind of give myself a refresher. And I don't know, it was, what, 40 something feet away and put it to five feet. Yeah. So, so the theme is feeling good, starting the round off on a great note. I think I made a great up and down on two. Yeah. For par. Yeah. Feeling good about the short game work we yeah. just did, right? And then I think we all went through a very relatable classic lull. We all had where, a kind of tough moments, you know, tough little oh, stretches yeah. in the If round. you think about what this round was for us, we just did something in probably our t- top 10%, top 5%, one of our best. We started with that, right? Yeah. But the law of averages, especially with three guys that are rusty that haven't played a round of golf, things are going to come up, new misses, misses maybe we haven't seen in a long time, which can be jarring. Well, shock your system. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the two-way miss have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think we both had a little bit of that. I think you fought it a little bit harder. Yeah. You know, but... I mean, I've never seen someone play such an incredibly consistent chunk three-wood. <laughs> and know? make it work. Well, this is the sick thing about it, because as many know, like, I can... I like to put my three-wood off, off, like, off the tee... I'm hitting through it. I put it on the deck, and I just hit little, you know, stingers out there. 240, 250. That is one of my money shots. I chunked three <laughs> in the first five holes. When's the last time you chunked? <laughs> like, three we're getting, guys, when we're talking tee. chunk, I was hitting them about 150. <laughs> was it that short? I, I think was still thinking you were 200. It was kind of going from 150 to 180 to about 210. Yeah. I was gradually getting better. Yeah. And that was tough to watch. It was tough to deal. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I had some really jarring, shocking shots. Yeah. So then. <laughs> just junking. Just junking through it. So this is like, <laughs> I think, probably one of, if not the biggest challenge about golf that we don't talk about explicitly enough yeah. is the feeling that we had at the beginning of the round. Yeah. Changed to then mitigate the misses that showed up. Yeah. Which is natural, mm-hmm. right? A miss shows up that you're not used to seeing. Hybrid's a, one of the most consistent clubs for me, right? You know how jarring it is to take a fairway finder out and hit a high right block with a hybrid that's usually like a, has more of a hook bias for me, like a yeah. nice draw? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's jarring, Yeah. right? So yeah. then on the next shot, it's easy to then think about how do I mitigate that high right miss but that doesn't help me not hit the high right miss right then i hit it again right right then i hit blocks with the driver which i haven't done in a long time so i think we were all kind of fighting that same beast through the front nine you you and i early not so much hank hank should dive in hank took his thought hank you were what two over after six or seven two two over after seven yeah i mean Hank was. And pl- what's your handicap right now? Eleven. Okay, so, so that's. So Hank was. I mean, it's playing. good for anyone, but I got. I mean, I was one under after three, but then I had my four bogey stretch, you know, from like five, six, seven, and eight. But yeah. Hank, I mean, talk about your little stretch. You took this thought from Top Golf to the range, to the course, and you were hitting it great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for well, I, I think one thing that really benefited me for the first the first seven holes or so is the fact that. I mean, I, you know, call us an excuse, call it what you want, but is the fact that we weren't dealing with a lot of wind out there. And driver is not exactly my comfort club. My comfort club is my five wood or my three wood. I love hitting those off the tee. We weren't really in situations where we had to play the hole much longer than is necessary for a three wood or a five wood. And so I think that, you know, I was able to look at, you know, just 18 birdies. I was able to kind of map out the hole where I could – kind of strategize a, you know, all right, what's my five wood or my three wood going to give me coming in? Yep. Am I comfortable with that number coming in? And most of the time I was. And so I was able to hit a good solid tee shot, controlled, get in the fairway, and then have, you know, nothing more really than an eight iron into the green. I feel pretty comfortable with those. And, you know, there's the occasional pull left or that's, maybe... You made oh, a couple great up and downs. A couple up and downs, and yeah, and then we, we can get into the later... Holes. So Hank really gets off to a good start, takes a good thought, like a defining thought, to the course, and it's working. Uh, you and I, even after a nice birdie on the first hole, we both kind of just started <laughs> hitting chunk three woods, two-way misses, 
I make four bogeys in a row. Yeah. And uh, it was, I think we all, we were like, what is, you and I were like, what is happening out here? Like, yeah. We were like on the verge of like, this is really going the wrong way. But Maybe. I think the biggest question is when you start feeling like it's going in the wrong way, it's really easy to identify with it, feel like you suck, yep. you're a failure, this is embarrassing. Then Even you, if you haven't played in a long time, it's yeah. like, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I know how to play because this. We, I know how to play this game. Right, and we know what we and were just doing this morning. Yeah. We know what we did last night. Like, we know it's possible, but we, it's really easy to... Uh, get into that negative spiral yeah. and start feeling down and your energy goes down. We even said it, right? The energy of the group went down a little bit, right? Yeah, for those yeah. couple holes, right? When I made four bogeys in a row, you unfortunately had a couple doubles at the end and mm-hmm. you didn't fin- you didn't finish the, the front nine strong. So it was kind of a, kind of a, it was kind of a tough end to the front nine. A hundred percent. You know, you got off to a good start. We got off to a good early start. You had a good middle of the front. And they all just kind of finish poorly. Yeah. The one thing I want to say, though, is I think it's helpful to reflect on the scenario you're in. Like, reflect on your yeah. current reality. So the current reality was a course none of us have ever played. So there was many times, for me personally, that I hit a pretty decent shot. It's maybe spun a little bit too much. Some of your iron shots were... Maybe went a swings, little bit too long. Didn't quite Greens judge it. were tough. Yeah. Greens were firm. Fairways were soft. Greens were firm. A lot, didn't, of, a lot of rain I didn't this think week. An, I didn't mm-hmm. think enough about greens being firm. Yeah. So I airmailed a couple greens. Now I'm in tough spots, or maybe I rolled down near the water. I didn't even know yeah. that was there. A couple hung up for you, too. Yeah. But it, um, it created some awkward chats. Yeah. yeah. Also, rust. You know what You know what I think sometimes, which gets us in trouble when we don't play for a while, is we don't pay attention to detail. Yeah. Right? And I think you just kind of said it, right? Yeah. Like, we knew we got on that putting green, and those greens were slick, and those greens were good. Yeah, and we probably like, well, the greens are probably going to be like this, right? I'd be shocked if they weren't. And I think sometimes when you don't play for a while, you don't you weren't thinking about the front yardage, you know? Right. And for me, I'd played in a while. I wasn't mechanically. I should have been thinking about a big turn. I wasn't with my three woods off the tee, making these short little turns, and I was chunking it. Right. Well, how often are we too focused on mechanics and not the details of what we're right. the shot is? Right. You know, like I did that on a layup, I think on five, where I tugged it left off the tee and I'm hitting it over these trees. You did the same thing. I hit hit essentially a layup with a hybrid into the water. Yeah. What am I doing? Right. Right? And I did What did you do in that moment? Right. Were you focused more on mechanics? I was didn't think it was even an option. Well, I hit it. I chunked it through it off the tee. (laughs) (laughs) This was such a mind, this was such a mind fuck. It was a par five. I didn't like what I was looking at. I should have just hit a driver and just trusted it, but I... Pulled out a three wood and I chunked it again. Being tentative, not knowing your swing, not knowing what your feels, but not aggressive. Chunk it and then I try to rip a hybrid and I hit it in the water when I should have just taken a three like a three iron and just hit it a little so you think shorter. It was a club, club yeah, choice. it was the it was the no, it was the shot shape. I, I was swinging hard to a layup with water left, trouble right, and I should have just took an extra club, hit something lower. Yeah. So a lot of funny things happen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's when I'm like, okay. Yeah. This is tough. Did anybody see that besides Hank and Ev? Just laying up into the water. <laughs> I want to talk about I want to talk about Hank's frustration. Oh. I mean, there were some moments. Actually, I see a little. Uh, might have a little grass stain. Yeah. In the, the new hat. Do we? How'd that happen, Hank? Oof. Yeah. Well, we can get into that. Um, Let's get into it. Well, so first like, of all, I, I don't think we need to necessarily go through the whole round. I just want to pull out the nuggets and unpack the things that people can relate to. Yeah. Because everyone has started off maybe well or had a great rating session, struggled trying to get it back, and potentially struggles the entire round trying to get something that isn't there that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like... I mean, I, I would like to say, though, is that I think... This was probably the most composed I have been through a stretch of nine holes where I didn't shoot anything better than a bogey that I've ever been in my life. I don't think I really started showing any negative emotion, maybe till like 15 or 16, where it was like I had, you know, maybe three doubles in a row and I was just starting to get a little bit fed up with it. That being said, uh, definitely uh, some shots where I was annoyed at the fact that there was, you know, a constant, you know, 
constant headwind and adding at least, you know, 20, maybe 30 yards to the hole and essentially being forced to hit my driver, which, as I said earlier, is not exactly my comfort club. The miss is just, even if I can, even if I strike it dead out the middle of the face, it'll be left a little open and it's way off to the right. And that happened numerous times, no matter how much I tried to release the club so and didn't commit and square it up. Yep. Felt like he had to hit the yep. driver. Mm-hmm. Would you rather him hit the three wood and feel committed than feel like he has to hit the driver because he's in the wind? Right. I mean, realistic. It's tough, right? Yeah, realistically, I, looking you, back on you it, you got to find something you're going to commit to. Yeah, I Even probably could have played the three wood. Right? Yeah. Even if you're sacrificing 30 yards. Yeah. yeah. You probably would have preferred a 40 yard farther shot. Had not been dropping. Yeah, three, hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely could have been hitting three wood and then you know my four hybrid or something like that. That would have been probably a little bit more preferable than trying to go for a driver for seven hours. Seven hours. That's also hours. information, right? That's discomfort. Yeah. How do you satisfy? How do you solve discomfort? Well, when you go to the range and you're in moments where you're playing, that's something to practice. But Hank, I think right? you said something pretty interesting today. I think a lot of us can take from is. You try when you're not playing well to still say to yourself, I love this game. Yeah. Right? And I kind of said, well, I don't really say that to myself. I try to think about other things like my friends and the course and the surroundings and vacation. But you say, well, hey, I love this game. And I think that can help. 100%. (laughs) I mean, mean, like me saying. Even when it's going off the rails, you know. I'm pretty sure I I'm pretty sure I said that walking off after a double on eight or maybe it was a bogey on seven or I don't really know. But I know I said it late in the front nine. So I'm like, God, I love this game, even though I just didn't have a, a really good hole there. And I think, like, you know, just thinking about that really carried me because, I mean, like, you think about it. We're lucky enough to be out here in the middle of the week playing a beautiful course, you know, in Florida when, you know, Serm's dealing with negative two degree weather. I'm dealing with 20 degree <laughs> weather. I mean, it, it realistically, I'm it dealing be with a, 50 degree weather. You know, it's real stuff. I mean, it was 50 degrees here yesterday. But. <laughs> the guy was glad he brought his back. That was kind of a tough comment. <laughs> Because <laughs> the sun did come out a little bit. It came out a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, kind of carrying that positivity, like, we're just lucky to be out here playing a game we all love so much that, you know, that kind of keeps you from getting really pissed off at, you know, not playing your best. Yeah. We don't have, like, we don't really have to go through the back nine, but, like, I think what, it was fun. We got, what do we get at the turn? Transfusions. A couple transfusions. Right? And that's, like, again, we talk, that's, like, just a fun distraction, right? Grabbing a drink. And it's like it's something that, it's something else to talk about in between your shots after maybe you hit a bad one, right? Exactly. Like, like how what do we do? How many times do we cheers in the back nine? Right. Like what? Three times? <laughs> right. Maybe more? I don't know. You know, Evan had the tunes going. He puts on the country music. I think on the back nine, I played better. You guys really didn't, but it was definitely a vibe. We had the Instagram live going. There was a lot of joy out there, and I sometimes think you, like we we have to create those distractions. Yeah. You know, in between shots or mm-hmm. moments that you can have a laugh. Even when you hit that terrible shot, yeah. Right, so well, I, there's, yeah. There's, I, and I, I thought think, that was a, a theme to our back night, you know. Yeah. I was actually thinking about the other night um, about the difference of avoidance, you know, of like knowing something isn't helping you and like putting it out of your mind and avoiding it versus shifting perspective because you know it it'll probably serve you better. And yeah. there's a different energy of it, like. You know, there's a fear in the first example, where the second one is more, you know, aware of what you're thinking and choosing something that's a little bit more productive. And I think you're right with the back nine. It's like, you know, there was definitely fear of, you know, we're out here. We traveled here. It's just like we talked about with Tom Coyne about that feeling you can get when you travel somewhere, you play a great course. We've never all played together as a group. Never right? played. We, like, we you all, you all want to play well. You, you put know? pressure on something where you want to hit great shots, you want to have moments, and, you know, there were misses that I wasn't used to seeing. Yeah. You know? Like, it, it's jarring. There's, there's no yeah. denying that. But I think there was a magic moment for me thinking about the difference of the first two holes and the last two holes, personally for me. Yeah. Where it was the same energy. It was less technical. It was more enjoyment. More, like you said, like remembering. Some people might not connect with, I love this game. Because in that moment, they might think, I hate this game. Right. Right? And that might feel like a sarcastic, for actually sure. negative comment. So, but for you, Sarm, it sounded like maybe you started to look at the 
the marsh on the trees that you don't see in Illinois. Right. Or mm-hmm. seeing these crazy big birds that you don't get to see. Yeah. Right? It's not that you're avoiding the bad golf. You just took a moment to notice something else. I, I had a moment I was like, I'm down in Florida. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't ever get to you're play this off, golf. You're not in Florida. Like, you know, how often are you in right. Florida? Yeah. Playing at the Ritz where Tiger just played. Yeah. You know, like, this is great, right? So rec- recognizing that, I think, it's just, it's important. You know, when you're playing good, and well, I mean, obviously when you're playing bad, but even when you're playing good, because you got to stay grounded. You know, you can't get. It's easy to get very distracted. It's when kind you're, of a similar good. exercise, right? Yes, no matter it's, what. When you're playing good, you also don't want to get too excited. Just like when you're playing bad, you don't want to get too down. A hundred percent. And I and so what's funny is that I had literally both of those things today. Was that when yes, I was did. when I was you know two over through seven or something like that, I multiple times had to say to myself, like, because, you know, the thought pops into your head is like, oh, my God, is the first time that we're all playing together the day that I finally break 80? Right. And I had sure. to sit, and for, like, two or three straight holes. I, I had, thought I, that this morning at the ring. I had to I tell myself, myself, am I going to shoot even par today? Exactly. And I had a thought today, am I going to shoot 80 in front of these guys? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's all relative, right? Like, you know, we're after to make four bogeys in a row. <laughs> like, like what, is this going to stop? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, you know, I get to that high, and I had to tell myself multiple times, you got to calm down, you should take this one shot at a time, and whatever happens, happens. And then on the flip side, you know, when I go on my, you know, f- for, for transparency, for everyone listening, yes, I shot a 51 on the back. I can't remember the last time I shot in the 50s, but... 43 on the front. Right? 43 on the front, but it, it, was, it was not good on the back. And when I was, you know, middle of the way through that stretch, I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? And I'm just thinking to myself in all these shots, instead of focusing on, like, you know, each hole, even though, you know, it wasn't a good score, there were some, still some good shots. Like, there were some great bunker shots that ended up, lead, like, leading to a double, but that was only because, you know, I blocked my tee shot off and had to take a drop or something. Yeah. And I wasn't focusing on how good those shots were and, like, appreciating that and trying to, you know, just, just hit a good shot. I was too worried about the results. I was worried about, like, hey, stop the bleeding. Totally. And that's what well, just I think you said it. something pretty interesting yeah. that we can all learn from. It was on 17. You had a good drive. Um, or 16. Par 4 with the water right. Mm-hmm. You had a good drive, and then you hit a, a 7-iron, blocked it right into the water. Mm-hmm. Right? And you were really frustrated, which you, anybody would be. And then you're like, obviously you're going to go drop the ball up there, but you're like, I'm just going to hit another one and just see what happens. Right? And you made a really good swing. Hit just a little left, pin high. Yeah. But the, the, the quote was, I'm just going to hit another one and see what happens. Right? Why is yeah. that second ball so easier, right? Yeah. How do we? How can we say, on that first shot, I'm just going to see what happens. Right. Yeah. On that second. Right. right. Where you were pressing, you're like, my God, I'm coming off doubles. I hit a great drive. I got a chance to hit this, maybe pretty close. Have a birdie yeah. putt. And what the fuck happened? Off to the water. Yeah. It goes back to chances yeah. that we've talked a lot about. Right. Let's just see what happens. Let's give myself a chance. That's rooted in the understanding and the acceptance that this game's fucking hard. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And then no matter how much you try to control it, you, you can't. The second that ball leaves the club face, you just have to hope and pray to the golf guys and hope that they smiled upon you today. Yeah. So Certainly one way to look at it, right? 100%. 100%. Like, I, mean, yeah. I mean, like I think the reason that I'm like, oh, let's just see what happens. And, uh, you know, what's the line, you know? I'm a second-shot scratch golfer, right? Why do we think that way? Because, well, on your second shot, after you've hit a bad one, it's possibly gone into the water. There's literally no pressure because you're not actually going to go play that second shot. You're going to go drop where you need to and finish the hole. So there's literally zero pressure, and generally you're going to swing freer. You're going to put a much better swing on it because you're not worried about the Well, think about your round a little bit. You you play, you probably shot a score you don't don't typically shoot, but you hit a lot of good irons. You putted and chipped pretty well, but your irons were way off in yardage, right? You, You couldn't control your distance, and then you struggled a little bit off the team. Yeah. Right? I mean, but there was positives out there today. Yeah. In, in a weird way. Yeah, and it was, like, right? you know, if you, think, if you think about mentally all the things that were at play for me, I also was wondering, am I going to have a shooting pain come down my arm? Yeah. You know? And it started to get a little tight, and I think that, you know, got into my head a little bit of sure. like... You know, slow it down, swing soft, but then that's also not, wasn't committed, right? Because right? you, like, don't want to hurt yourself. And so in coming back from injury is tough, too. I haven't had many experiences yeah. with that, with golf. Yeah, we were all stiff on the range this morning, too. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, having playing and then, like... But then also, like, being together for the first time again, like, wanting to, you know, being on Instagram Live, 
yeah. wanting to perform. Like mm-hmm. that goes back to what Ward Jarvis said: you mm-hmm. can't want your way to the finish line. Love you know Ward. you such a good quote. you might you might want to want you want something, but does it help you? Right. You know, and the last two holes today, I still had my executional key, but I wasn't as attached technically. It was more of like feel it, but like let's rip one. Yeah. You know, it was much more let's just swing and see where it goes. Like the round, the score is gone. Right. Like the score, let go. The guy hits it 310 on 18. You know, just bombs it. And 18 actually was a great moment because 18 at the Ritz in Orlando is water down the entire left side, bunkers down the entire right side, and a pretty narrow fairway. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, I felt what you felt in the wind. I was like, God, this driver's been as bad as it's been in a long time. I don't want to hit this driver, but it's a par five, and it's 18, and I'm shooting a terrible score anyways, right? Way higher than my handicap says I should, but like we talked about, there's a lot of elements at play. I'm not going to identify with it. I had an off day, yeah. you know? So I just walked up to it. I didn't really think about it. I mostly thought about rhythm. I thought about lightness. I thought about just like... Swing. Well, it sounds like you really didn't think about much. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just, just I hit a mid see it, feel level, it, trust it, right? Low draw bullet, three ten. Yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> on the hardest tee shot, arguably of the day. Yeah. yeah, after a terrible round with as many because terrible misses. You didn't as, care. Yeah, where it was going. Yeah, I don't care about this round anymore. Yeah, right. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. Hear from one of our brand new sponsors, and then we'll get you right back to the show. You're not going to want to fast forward through this one. Trust me. So I was reflecting the other day, guys, okay? And I was thinking, wouldn't it be crazy if we all had our own caddies? Not just a caddy at the club you play at or whatever, but literally your own dedicated caddy playing with buddies wherever. Wouldn't it be sweet if we had a caddy that always gave us the perfect yardage for every shot? They factored in the wind. They factored in the elevation. They factored in how cold it was, right? A caddy that kept our stats, that told you that 90% of the time you miss the fairway to the right, right? So maybe that helps you with their alignment off the tee or maybe club selection. Or a caddy that kept track of your scores, right? And told you where your handicap was trending, but also, more importantly, told you where your buddies were shooting that week too. You can kind of compete thanks to your caddy for keeping track of it. Maybe even a caddy who... You know, it's great with on course, but also happens to be a swing instructor and can look at your swing and say, hey, you're getting a little too inside. Let's get you back on plane. 18 birdies is basically your own caddy in your pocket. I'm telling you, it's the number one GPS swing analyzer app in the world. The app is an absolute game changer. They have data that says for premium users, and I'll get you a free t- trial as being a part train listener, premium users on the 18 birdies app on average, shave four shots off their handicap. Four. How crazy is that? I played with it the other day, and, you know, I don't hit the fairway every time. So the yardages, the plays-like yardages, it was a game changer. But more importantly, guys, that's all great. Like, your game's going to get better. It's guaranteed. It's in the data, right? And I know you guys care about getting better if you listen to this show. Par train for the mental game and 18 birdies app for on-course and stat tracking and swing analyzing it's pretty much a deadly combo, right? But I think the coolest part and the big reason why I want you to download the 18 Birdies app is because I'm starting a private par train group. And look, we get DMs of your scorecards every week. So now it's all going to be in one place. It's going to say who's leading the week in best score, who's leading the week in this stat and this stat, and we got our own little leaderboard, and it's going to be super fun. Okay, so I'm going to get you a free trial of this app and all you got to do is hit the show notes of this episode and tap the link in those show notes and that'll take you to download the app so it's super easy it's going to improve your game join us on the 18 birdies train enter your scores improve your game shave four shots off your handicap and let's start challenging each other to get even better in 2022 thanks guys let's get back to the show that actually reminds me of a round I played not too long ago with my parents is that, you know. Kiwa? Yeah. Well, yeah. Ten, Heard of it? Well, Kiwa? It, well, it wasn't on Kiwa. It was, in, it was just outside Charleston. Oh, but, Charleston. But I was having a terrible day. The, almost the entire round, I was in my own head, upset of how poorly I was playing. I was pulling everything to the left. 
you know, terrible score overall. But there was at one point, I think it was like 15 maybe around there, and I just, it, it was so bad that, like, even if it got better, it still wouldn't be great. So, like, why? Why, why worry about it? And the, uh, the line I remember saying to my mom was, I was like, I'm just going to do some stupid shit and see what happens. <laughs> and when I say stupid shit, I don't mean, like, you know, you're 260 out and you're still going not for the green. Reckless decisions. Exactly. Like you're not you're not overthinking it. You're just going to like you're like I'm going to walk up to the ball and I'm just going to I'm just going to hit this ball. I'm not like, "Oh, I got to worry about my takeaway. I got to keep the elbow." Mm-hmm. I was like, "No, there's a ball in front of me. I have a club in my hand. I'm going to go smack it." <laughs> right. And just worrying about that. And and honestly, I think I finished out like par par maybe bogey. Yeah. For that round. It, like just yeah. having that in your head of like it's already bad. Let's just enjoy the fact that we're playing golf. Look, I know we talk about this stuff every week, right? Right, but I think the funny thing about it is it doesn't get easier. The same challenges yeah. pop up in new ways. Whether it's seeing a miss you're not used to, starting off strong, trying to hold on, starting off bad, trying to bounce back. All that stuff is the same. Essentially, what it is is similar to what Brooks Kepka said recently, where he said the only yeah, time. That's great. I feel pressure or I mess up is when I'm thinking about results. Right. So the next time maybe you're trying to bounce back or shift the course of your ship. Right. Is you're probably thinking about results. Mm-hmm. Right? And results aren't just score. It's also the outcome Where of, it goes. of a shot. Yeah. And that happened to me today. Yeah. I guess for us, I mean, what were what was your key learning today, Ev? And what was your I mean... I think we should probably talk about that. Yeah. What like there's a lot of learnings for each of us. It's around, yeah. but it's a, what, what, what 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 do you take from this for your game? Well, it's actually more so something I observed in the group. Yeah. Is and I was talking to you about this a couple times. Is um, I think we see our best. You know, we see our top one percent shot. We see our top ten percent shots, and. I think the ego, we don't allow ourselves to see the 50%. We don't allow ourselves to see the averages or the median because we assume that that's, we don't want to believe that that is, like we don't track it. Most people don't track it. On 18 birdies, you actually can track it. So I'm I'm excited. The more I use it, the more I'm going to be able to see like, okay, this is how many times I'm missing the fairway left or right. This is how many greens I'm hitting. I love the left or right, yeah. two off the fairway. Yeah, because I that. didn't know. Because then you start thinking about your misses and your yeah. tendencies. Yeah. Um, but you don't pay attention to that stuff. You just get frustrated, and then you try and do better. But if you take a step back and you think about it, I think about Hank on 17. I think it was 17, where par I three. airmailed it. Was that, that 17? Was the 16, 16. The par 4. 16. Water right. I think about Hank on 16, where this is the perfect example, right? Hank. You haven't been playing golf that long. You've had an amazing run to get to an 11. 100%. In what? Year and a half, two years, you've yeah. gone from a 16. 18. 18 yeah. to an 11. So that's a huge accomplishment, right? So what happens usually in golf is you start to hit balls consistently. You see that you have the ability to hit it perfectly. And then you hit a few perfectly on the course. And your expectation is to be able to do that every time. Right? We're having Bob Bertel on the show next week. Most famous book maybe in the mental game is Golf's Not a Game of Perfect. Yeah. But I think we consistently are not taking a step back and seeing our law of averages. Hank hit a pick shot, 20-yard pitch onto the green, hit it probably a little bit more left than he wanted, left it you know, 15 feet, 20 feet below the hole. Hank got a little frustrated, right? But based on where you're at... Yeah. That actually wasn't that bad of a shot. It realistically wasn't. It really wasn't. But I think what most people do is it all comes back to expectations. If you expect to get to your destination in 10 minutes and traffic hits, you're going to be frustrated as hell, right? But if you accept that you're in traffic and, like me, live in L.A., and I need to factor in more time because I know that the reality is is there's going to be a little traffic, I'm not as frustrated because my expectations are different. Now, that doesn't mean you can't expect to do great things, but realizing we're both coming, we're all coming back from, like, think about it. We're in the wind. It's our first round back in a month and a half, more for you guys. You're rusty. 
you don't practice as much as a pro, and you hit a pitch shot left than what you wanted, and you're on the green, but you're a little bit farther than you wanted. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Right. It all comes down to the statement, it's okay. Right. Right? But thinking about those expectations, you probably had elevated expectations because maybe you stuck one earlier that day you expected to do every time. And For now sure. we're frustrated, and that can carry yeah. into the next shot, yeah. the next shot. For sure. So, I, th- I think it's a mix between that and then also kind of like what I was saying earlier with like stop the bleeding and then those expectations. is like you know that you... Like, you've seen those good shots. You've seen those, like, near-perfect shots, right? So you're like, okay, I know I have the ability to stop the bleeding here if I may, you know, if I just, you know, execute the way that I know that I can. And when you don't do that, it almost, like, starts to compound on itself where you're just like, oh, my God, like, why can't I just, you know, get back to where I was earlier? Isn't it funny how trying to stop the bleeding... Makes, makes you bleed it, out more? Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's almost like you put the tourniquet because in the wrong you're not, spot. you're not focused on your next shot. 100%. You're, you're focused on... It's pressing, right? Yeah. You're focused on what my score is and what it potentially could be. So you're, like, like, you're literally focusing on, like, what is my score going... Like, what could my score look like based on this next shot? And that's the wrong way to think. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pressing to saying, I don't like my current reality. I really need to get back on track. Yeah. Right, those train analogies puns mm-hmm. were off the rails. I need to get back on track. Like, all you want to do is get back on track, which is gonna happen. hundred percent. Those thoughts are gonna happen. But is putting yourself down for hitting a shot that's probably in your law of averages that at your level you probably are gonna hit. Right. It's true. Sets, it doesn't set us up yeah. well. hundred percent. I mean, like to your point of accepting reality. Like, I mean, I, I know that I have the capability and do many times to leave the club face open as I strike the ball and it goes off to the right or maybe even starts to move off to the right. And that happened many times today. And instead of accepting it, you know, maybe I'd get a little frustrated about it. And I'm not Thanos. I don't have the reality stone to make reality whatever I want. Well, the first I, I ne- time Thanos was mentioned on the podcast. I need, I, it, was you know, bond, it was bound to happen. At some point. You get a little <laughs> bit of a Marvel fan on here and eventually it'll happen. But, you know, to that point of acceptance, you know, maybe it's an adjustment. Maybe it's aim a little far left. I was hitting a cut on the range when I you do, uh, if, you know, yeah, usually. You said you're like, I am going to hit a cut today. You said that on the range. I love that. Yeah. I, but we, we also got to understand. kind of accepted who he was today, which I love. we got to understand our tendencies, too. Yeah. From just spending, you know, we have this is the first time we've spent time with you in person. I've noticed that Hank loves getting, he's like us. He loves geeking out about positions, yeah. equipment, yeah. lie angle, leaving the face open, right? Yeah. You're inherently more technical. Yep. Right? Analytical. And that can and be. And that yeah. can get in your way. Because now you're thinking about eight different things, which serves as tension interference instead of. What happened on that shot when you said, F it, I'm just going to see what happens. You're not thinking about that stuff in that moment. 100%. So I think the real question is, I think everyone wants to know, when I'm in that lull, when I'm pissed, when I feel like embarrassed. We all felt it. How do I get, we all did. How do I get back out of that faster? How do I eliminate the amount of time that I'm in the lull? And how do I bounce back? Well, I had there's two things for me today that I'm, I'm going to take away. Because I had 39 on the front, 36 on the back, boat, went on the bogey train. You know what I wasn't doing on the front nine? I wasn't visualizing my shots. Mm. The back nine I started to. And that can be for a scratch call for a 15 hand. What do I want to do here, right? So I started talking to myself. That's a cut off the bunker, right? That's a draw, that's a draw off a bunker. You started probably to vocalize. I, yeah, and I started talking to myself. So I started... Th- vocalizing and visualizing like what I actually wanted to do. I got away from it in the front and I was just trying to guide shots or just get them out there and then they were getting worse. And then the other thing was just be committed to whatever the outcome is. Right? Commit to the shot and just be okay with the outcome. On 16, I hit a driver, tried to thread the needle, bunkers left, water right, probably should have taken a three-wood. I said, yeah, I'm hitting a driver. Pushed it a touch, kicked into the water. I was totally okay with it. And the front night, I was not with that. I pushed a driver to... Yeah. Uh, early and I, but I wasn't okay with where it could potentially go. I was trying to guide it out there. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. just being okay with whatever the outcome is. I hit in the water. I was off by a few yards. Dropped one. Hit it to ten feet. Missed the pot. Made a bogey. I was okay with it. Yeah. So 
that was kind of visualizing and then not getting so down about maybe a bad result as long as I committed to the shot. Mm-hmm. You know what the other challenging so that, that, thing is? That was big for I'm going to I'm taking it away, guys. I think that's big. Yeah. We talk about vocalization all the time. Dr. Kevin Chapman said there's literal brain neuroscience that when you visualize yeah. and vocalize, your brain has a better chance to actually execute. Relaxes the one, the you thing too. that is also interesting is, you know, you're an 11, I'm a 6, you're a scratch. Right, yeah. sir? We all hit the ball relatively similar. When we all hit one good, they're pretty similar, right? Mm-hmm. But that can get us in trouble because, and I've fallen into this when I played with you and Ryan and yeah. three college golfers. I'm curious if you fell into that a little bit today where we all hit great shots on one, right? Yeah. We've all hit, you hit better shots than us sometimes. We all hit, have our moments, right? But you might be expecting to keep up with the scratch. Mm-hmm. Or he's making a couple pars in a row. You made a couple doubles. Your couple doubles suddenly might seem worse because in comparison, ego loves comparison, right? In comparison, yeah. it's worse. Yeah. Whereas if you're playing with two or three buddies that just make triple and quad, yeah, you're not going to be pleased with your double, but does the double feel different? Might feel different. Right. So actually, yeah, so, good, that's a good point, Ev. So actually, as a contrary, I'd love to go along with that and, and agree and you know kind of drive the point home. But I'm actually gonna kind of offer a counterpoint to that. Oh. I knew coming into this that I was gonna shoot higher than you guys. Obviously, you know, you're a scratch. You're a six. You know, you I mean, barely. I mean, yeah, I, but you, I, I, yeah, but you broke. I scored today. Yeah, but you've broken eighty multiple times. I still have yet to do that. I knew for a fact I was gonna shoot higher than you guys. It was basically just like by how much. I wanted to break 90, of course, because I do that fairly often. And, and, that, I, and that was something on your mind, probably. 100%. 90 is a defining number, right? 100%. As yeah. soon as the doubles started coming, I was like, oh, God, am I going to shoot over 90 on this course when we you know, flew down here? Mm. Um, but, you know, like I, I knew yeah. I'd you know, put up a couple numbers that are higher than you guys. But I think what to kind of as a counterpoint to when, you're, when I'm playing with buddies uh, that'll make triple and quad – when I'm playing with those guys and I'm the better player, which isn't really saying much, but it sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. You almost have that like, all right, I'm the better player. I gotta showcase that. I gotta, you know, so I traps on both sides. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I gotta, you know, I I know that I'm the better player. I gotta, you know, I, you know, some people may feel the need to prove it to themselves. Some people may feel the need to prove it to others. Some people might feel both. And we talked about that with friends we met last night. The, the, the head professional staff, the assistant professional golfers at uh, Quincy Country Club. Mm-hmm. You know, she told us she gives lessons to all these members, and when she has to go out and play against them, you know, she feels like she has to perform. 100%. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. We all deal with that in some respect. Yeah. But what does that get back to? Stop thinking about results. Yeah. Not yeah. stop thinking about it. Just learn how to control and get in your process, get in your pre shot routine, learn how to breathe, yeah. visualize your shots. Well, the point is, is knowing it's going to come back. Yeah. It's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. So there's no, it's, like, it, oh, that yeah. was a really bad round or this was a really good round. Like, what I tell the guys that I talk to with this stuff is, like, the goal is not to not have those thoughts. The goal is limiting the amount of time it takes you to get back to what helps you right. hit good ones. Mm-hmm. Or well, gives you a, right. let's see what happens with give you a chance to hit good ones. Yeah. I think he's like, yeah, let's see what happens and take a deep breath and, re- and you, what you, what's your term? Smack it, right? Like, yeah, just, just, <laughs> just hit the ball. I mean, I will say on one, I felt a freedom that I haven't felt in a while where I was like, okay, I have the whole green right. to aim at. I'm just going to like try and hit a green. Like that's the goal. That's I'm not going to try and put it close. That's what talked about going into the round too. Yeah. Right? And I will say that was a challenge throughout the round because there was a couple times when the pin was 119, you know, and the middle of the green was 135. And I thought to myself, well, that doesn't make sense. That's a totally different club, right? That's a gap versus a pitching wedge for me. So why would I hit the pitching wedge here? But on one, I had the freedom of, I'm not even looking at the flag. Like, 
let me just try and what would happen if I hit, you know, 16 greens today? I'm right. probably going to have a better chance to shoot it's a so hard score to than trying to hit you, it two feet You know feet that you can do it. You just got to figure out how to find yeah. that discipline. Yeah. Because the flag messes with us. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? <laughs> it just how, like, messes with us. Like, in that moment, I, like, almost threw the whole thing out the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, look, I'm not saying you necessarily need to play like that every time. It's just more of something I was experimenting with, but... I mean, God, look at the power of, I think the theme for you, Hank, is you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. There's like... Well, everybody does, but I can especially tell. Yeah. Like, See, it was your frustration doesn't exist if you're not attached to your, if you're not tying outcomes to your self-worth. Yeah. Correct. So the more frustrated you get usually gives us information on, I believed I should have should's the bad word mm-hmm. right yeah should it i would encourage people to lean into could more than should that mm-hmm. changed my life years ago yeah and, and let's i actually un- stopped using the word should years ago and let's unpack this a little bit right so you know i you, i identify as a golfer you know i you know i devote a lot of time to this game i you know devote money resources yeah. at this point now travel to this game <laughs> work with you guys on this yeah. on this podcast you know you know, I, I'm as, you know, golf obsessed as there really can get. So when I'm putting all that time, money, and effort into this game, and I don't see the results come, it's human nature to kind of assume, like, well, what the hell's wrong with me? Right. Yeah, like, you, you know, like, this, yeah. like, exactly. Like, am I, am I a loser for trying to do this and not seeing the results? So, you know, you know, maybe there's one of our listeners out there who feels the same way. So, yeah. you know, how do you kind of... You know, whether Serm has the answer, Evan, or whether or not we need to figure this out ourselves, how do we disassociate ourselves from that? Yeah. Nobody has the answer. Well, it's just understanding yourself better and better when you're on the course. mm -hmm. Right. What's the counterintuitive game? That's what I mean. Right. It's human nature to feel that way. Mm hmm. And it, it's the reset exercise, it's the awareness practice, it's understanding that that's, oh, I'm in result mind right now, right? So I know that that's going to happen. Oh, there it is yeah. again. That doesn't help me, so what helps me? I mean, Hank, I struggle you know? with it a lot. And, and Everybody grow, does. Growing up playing, too, in high school. Oh, yeah. But my coach, I've said this before on the show, he always said, in my worst of times, golf doesn't define you. It just reveals you. Yeah. So then you got to reflect on that. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's a great day out there, guys, though. Yeah. Well, one, <laughs> you know, one thing I... The I mean, one, sorry. No, no, I was saying it was just fun. Just, it was just fun doing it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, one thing I do want to unpack, you know, I don't know what uh, our time's like. How are we doing on time? we got a few minutes. A few minutes. You know, i got to go pretty soon. Yeah. You know? one, so, one thing I do want to unpack is, you know, because I feel like this is a common... Uh, struggle for people, you know, maybe in like the 10 and up handicap range is, and this was something that I struggled with a lot today and generally seem to in a lot of my rounds is one of two things happens. Either I hit a great tee shot and then I completely miss the green and I have to get up and down. And, you know, if I don't, it's a minimum. have to get up and down. Well, to say, okay. <laughs> See? You see the burden? You see the feeling of burden of I should have hit that green? You get to try and get up and down. You worked on your short game with Cermak. This is a challenge to see if you can get up and down. It's a game. It's a game. True. True. See, that's a season pro right there. That's a season pro of the part train right there. But, okay. So, yes, we get to try to get up and down, but a lot of people out there are thinking, okay, I have to get up and down to save hard here. 100%. We've all, all thought it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Everyone, that's one of the worst things you can say on the course is I have, have to, to do this. you got to limit it. It will happen to you. But yeah. Oh, yeah. If it's like that all day, Hank? We did. Oh, yeah, then you're going to struggle. It comes out at the end, I would right? say for you, that's a really great takeaway for today. We need to start tracking how many times you say I have to. Oh, I said it at least eight times. That's today, probably. That's what we did in the member guest we talked about. Exactly. We have to make par here yeah. because they're out of position. We're down two holes. Or we have no. Those are the devil's, you don't have the to devil's do words right there. You don't have to do anything in this you game. You can do other what put the ball in the Bagger hole. Vance told Randolph Juna. Why don't you just heard of him? hook this OB so that we can just be out of this tournament and start to enjoy ourselves. Right? And he did. Yeah. And they ended up tying at the yeah. end. 
So anyway, to my point, as, as fun as that was, um, you either miss the green and you get that feeling of, like, I have to get up and down for par here. You know, whether or not you do, great. If you don't, you know, you're left with at least a bogey, if not double. Or you completely block out your tee shot, whether it's to the right, maybe you snap hook it left into the water and you're, and you've got, and all of a sudden you're hitting three, uh, uh, and you still got, you know, 200 yards into this green, yeah. almost guaranteeing a double unless you just absolutely stuff one. Yeah. For, for some of our listeners, you know, let's, let's, how, how can we unpack that to a point where it's like, all right, we can at least kind of merge the two a little bit in the sense where, like, we're able to hit that, we're able to hit that good tee shot, and you know I find a lot of my, a lot of times I hit some pretty good approach shots when I'm hitting three from two hundred five out. Maybe I get on the green or something. But how do we kind of like merge that so it's like all right, maybe it's just off the green I'm able to bump and run, or maybe yeah. it's or maybe it's short but on the green I'm and I just have a long lag putt. Right, where do you, it comes down to? Are you thinking out there? Oh, I hit a great drive, so that means I'm gonna hit a great second shot. Or are you thinking about where am I gonna leave it? Right, mm-hmm. because it's hard to hit two shots, really good shots in a row in golf. Yeah, it's hard yeah. for me. It's hard for even the best players in the world. It's just hard, right? Because it carries. So more exp- it's an op- in your mind if you get ex- again if you're excited about right. what it means. So Hank, if you, you got get excited if you about got water right or water long, well, I got to be playing to the front yardage, even if I'm 130 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often times do you hit it to 10 feet under? You know, sometimes, not often. You gotta just say par's good. Yeah. Well, what happened? Right? Let's, let's end on this. <laughs> like, par's good. What happened on the par three today? Which one? Hank made a bogey or a double before we get to the par three. Yeah. He guess what he said after he hit his shot? Oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tugs it left, puts it to twenty five feet. On I go. Oh no. Who are you, Matsuyama? <laughs> right. You're it on was, the green. It was a Hideki. Yeah. You're on the green, and then what did he do? He sunk a twenty five footer for birdie. And I said, remember what birdies are, Hank. Happy accidents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you know and remember that those amazing things can happen at any time, it's almost like you can play golf in the way of like, I wonder what's going to happen next versus, God, I have to do it. Right. You know? It's a different energy. It's a different way to play. It's not easy. Yeah. That's why we have this show. Yeah. Like, we talk about it every week. And do I feel more pressure to be mentally sound yeah. in every shot because we talk about it and I coach people yes of course but I'm also a human being that has an ego and right. feelings and embarrassment and that's why this stuff is so fun to talk and about we, and work and on and we learn from each other but yeah. focus on the details and don't get so caught up in what you have to do yeah I mean, it's, it's the Ben bro- Hogan said golf is a game of messes golf is the greatest messes. ball striker in the history of the sport yeah I think that I think that can ring true for us, too. A hundred percent. Where can we leave it? And what did we do this week? We watched so much golf. <laughs> think about how much better the pros are than those top college players. Oh, yeah. And then think about us. Oh, yeah. Think about how right. much those top, about how better those top college players are than us. I find it yeah. funny how much we expect out of ourselves when, like, look, we're all decent in our own rights. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who can't hit a golf ball, can't break 100. Yeah. Like, we are in the top percentage, but we're also not pros. Right. And it's important to remember that. Yeah. You know? How we, we saw a college player block a tee shot on a relatively short par three way off to the right. They can do it. Why are we expecting to hit the middle of the green? Yeah. So, final send-off message. I think we all experience things of getting caught up in our expectations expecting more out of ourselves than maybe the moment allowed for with conditions and or rustiness course we haven't played before you know I think uh, also being okay with mistakes like sometimes I just gotta laugh at it right like this fucking game yeah you know because you know you never know that next shot could be your best shot it's oh, yeah. in there. How would you feel if you were it's in that in lull and you hit a, a hole-in-one? You know? And you, would yeah. you feel bad that you messed up the rest of the round and the hole-in-one didn't help right. you shoot a score? Maybe. Yeah. Right? But instead, you just hit I've actually a percentage, <laughs> like, bad. unbelievable moment. Yeah. You know? So we can't get so down that we miss out on the, the moments that we do create. Yeah. So I think if we just kind of leave it up to chance, like, 
I think a, a good takeaway for this episode is let's just see what happens out there. Let's see what happens. That was your quote? Yeah. I mean, let's, you, see, let's see what happens. You stand over the ball, you take a swing at it, and let's just see what happens. And eliminate the have tos. Yeah. If we've added any value, uh, if you like what we're doing, give us a review at Apple Podcasts. It helps support we love that. everything we're doing. Um, it helps support Intern Hank, you know? A lot of buzz um, about Intern Hank. <laughs> if you follow us on Instagram at The Par Train, you've seen a lot about Intern Hank this past week. Um, but if you're not, follow us Instagram, Twitter, TikTok are the best places to find us. And uh, no matter how many doubles you make, no matter how many straight bogeys, how many bogeys you string together in a row, however many water balls you hit, oh. you, what do you got to do? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy all of it.